if you're starting from scratch, you know, I encourage people to kind of think about how you're going to set that that tone, that baseline rooted in trust and stick to that when it comes to bringing on new, new team members. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. Okay, everyone. Today we have Eric Harbison, who is a chief marketing officer of Aweber, which provides affordable email marketing and autoresponder tools. And there's probably more than that coming, which I'll let Eric explain in a second. But those of you that have been listening to this show for the four years that we've been doing it, Aweber has actually been on the show before. We had the CEO and one of the founders of Aweber, Tom, uh, Tom Colzer. Uh, I think it's Colzer, right? And he was on the show, and you can listen to the origin stories around Aweber. They've since changed quite a bit, and that's why we brought Eric on to learn out about marketing and see what Aweber is up to today. So, Eric, how's it going? Going great, Eric. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being on the show. So, give us a little background on kind of you and what your story is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I started working in, in agencies back in the mid '90s. So I started working doing uh, media buying and planning, you know, back before there was any digital marketing. And then early 2000s, I got shifted into digital, just became a passion of just wanting to learn more about it. That led to about 15 years of working for agencies, but becoming really, you know, wanting to be a practitioner in learning this, you know, the paid search world, uh, SEO back then, email, display, you know, all the kind of fundamental digital channels before things started to get interesting with social, et cetera. And then... Uh, even had the experience of starting my own agency with some friends and, and sold that to a, a web design shop, uh, moved on to an e-commerce platform to help build their in-house agency, uh, worked there for about six years. And that was that was e-commerce, digital marketing. That combination was very, very interesting, great learning experience, both in building teams, but also building scale for big brands like NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, Levi's, GNC. So just helping them navigate you know, A, how to figure out social back then, but also how to make things like affiliate marketing, paid search, email really helps, you know, scale a retail business. Uh, and then most recently joined Aweber five years ago to help establish a marketing team and help uh, really take what's been uh, at the time 15 year company and uh, help them navigate uh, increasing the brand awareness and generating new customers uh, within the, the email service platform landscape. Cool. So give, give us a little refresher for those that don't know Aweber. I mean, what do you guys do at a higher level? Because I just gave like a one sentence here. Yeah. So Aweber has been around for almost 20 years and we started the first autoresponder, the ability for someone to basically send a sequence of emails at a specific day or time. And in those 20 years, we've advanced or, or supported mainly small business uh, ecosystems. So it's, you know, it's the, it's the main street shop all the way to the digital marketer, to the content creator, so that's been our client base over 20 years. And, you know, we are, you know, at our core, we're an email service provider. We're an email platform that lets you build your list, send your emails, create campaigns, nurture funnels, et cetera. 
And in the last six months, uh, what's been most exciting about being here at Aweber is that we've we've upped our automation, segmentation, and tagging game so that now customers, as they advance their businesses, they can also take advantage of the, those features inside of Aweber as well. Great. Okay. And how does how does pricing generally work? So pricing has has stayed the same for years. So we've introduced these new features and haven't even touched pricing. So pricing is based off a of subscriber uh, count. So it's $19 up to 500 subscribers. And then it just tiers uh, increases uh, as your tier subscribers increase as well. Great. Okay. So, I mean, looking at the space, I mean, I, I think uh, it's gotten a lot more competitive in, in recent years. You know, a lot of things popping up all over the place with a lot of features. So how have you guys kept up? And maybe this kind of segues into all the new stuff that you have coming or what you've been working on the last six months. Yep. So at our core, you know, and, and this is probably part of Tom's interview when you first had him on, but, you know, the focus early on was always about the customer and it's always about creating a remarkable experience. And, you know, we've, we've maintained, I'd say for, for the customers that we've had, you know, we've had some customers for over 10 years, it's always been able, it's always been tied to giving them the, the best experience possible, which started with live phone support back when nobody was even thinking about doing that. And we've kept that for 20 years now to be a feature that doesn't cost you anymore. Uh, but it's really been helpful to watch our customers take advantage of that beyond just, you know, what is known as tech support. So we're, we're giving strategic advice. We're helping them figure out what to write in their emails. So just having that, that one-on-one connection via phone be available for our customers, I think that's what's kept us you know, quite frankly, it's kept some customers happy for 10 years. It's it's also, it's what brought customers back after they left to try a different tool because you really can't, you really can't substitute a two minute conversation, you know, for like a 10 minute back and forth chat, although that, that may be what you need, but you know, sometimes a phone call is, is much better than that. So that's kind of been the, the baseline for, as we start to roll out some more of these features, it's always been there and it has never costed another dollar, but you know, start rolling out things like, uh, tagging and segmenting that lets you s- trigger campaigns based off of open and clicks. Those sorts of, of uh, features uh, have just been you know, something we realized that our, our customers were ready for. And when you when you provide that sort of benefit tied to the ability to talk to somebody, that's that's something that's really unique. Right. You know what's interesting? I mean, I was at the the, the Sastra conference a, a couple months ago. And I just, you know, walked around talking to a lot of different people. So, you know, but software conference, subscription co- uh, software conference, and a lot of people are just like, you know, you know, Eric, you know, we're, we're all going up market. Everyone's going up market now. They're, they're changing their prices. They're changing a lot of, you know, support. They're paying a lot more money. So and I, I, you guys have raised money as well, right? We have not. It, we have not uh, taken a single dollar. It's it's uh, it's been Tom's company since day one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, so maybe it's maybe correct me if I'm wrong. It's probably the investor pressure where they need to hire multiple on their return where like everyone's kind of being pressured into raising their prices and then moving phone support to you know higher dollar value um you know plans absolutely we've seen some companies that have have gone the route of acquisition or or other means where they have taken funding and we've heard it from customers that come back to us saying something's going on they've lost that something and they're more focused on shareholders than customers and that's where Again, we're 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 happy to to take them back because of uh, they're not getting what they want or what they feel like they need from an ESP when going to other other solutions. 
Yeah. So, so give us an update. I mean, I'm looking at um, the, the interview I did with Tom and it's, it's pretty funny. We did this on video too. So, um, you know, in 2014, the team had 105 uh, team members and it seems like uh, 3,000 subscribers maybe. So can you give us an update on those numbers? Yeah. So we are about 120 team members and still about 100,000 customers. Okay. Got it. And I think he's, I think the 3,000 subscribers is the paying customers perhaps. 3,000 subscribers, uh, I mean, that, that seems a little low. For the for paying customers, I mean. For paying customers? I mean, our uh-huh. paying customers is still, you know, just shy of 100,000. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why I'm looking. Oh, yeah, I think this 3,000 number was about an online marketing newsletter he had in the past. That's what it was. Okay, cool, man. Uh, yeah, so tell us what's new with, with AWeber today. I, I'm not sure if I caught the features, but you know, I'm looking at the competitors out there. They have like tagging and all that kind of stuff. So what do you guys have that is new, great, and should compel people to move over from you know, some of the competitors that might have been on this podcast already? Absolutely. So, so the one main f- the focus was adding the ability to create a new uh, flow or campaign based off of what a subscriber clicks or when a subscriber opens. So just that ability to tag somebody who took an action or has a specific attribute that then frees up to to serve a more segmented, more relevant email sequence. Uh, that's probably been the biggest change in the last, call it five to six months. But from that, we're building on top of other other ways to send automated campaigns that are in the works, close to release. Uh, we're updating our, our split testing our, our customer support, uh, soon to be 24-7. So again, the, the thing that people love for us the most, we're just giving more of that to our customers. But the, the primary thing is just that automation sequence that even just the way I described it, where you're able to send a new sequence based off an action or attribute of a subscriber, we're finding that the customers realize that that's really all I need. And you know, in some cases, they may be paying 3x for a, a more sophisticated solution. But at the end of the day, if you're able to serve and deliver that that relevant message to somebody. I mean, obviously, you may know this with your own campaigns is that you see the open rates and click rates skyrocket because you're providing such relevant information. 100%, 100% correct. Cool. So, I mean, tell us about, I mean, we talked about team team building, but actually before even going to team building, because you're a CMO, I want to talk about marketing a little bit. So um, what is working for you guys? What is absolutely crushing it for you guys in terms of customer acquisition today? It's funny because, you know, I'll say paid search is something that it's a funny beast because of where it started to where it is. And, you know, anyone doing paid search is, is cognizant of brand versus non-brand. And sure, you're going to get a lot of a lot of inbound leads or trials coming from brand terms. So what we've done is we've really kind of hunkered down on uh, making sure that our composition of brand term and non-brand term uh, keywords selection is a little bit more uh, well-rounded versus I think some companies will just go for brand terms and, and call it a day. Mm-hmm. I think our, our focus is to realize more of the mindset of the buyer and target keywords that are based off of where they are and maybe their consideration phase or their journey. And, you know, knowing that obviously those terms may not convert, but, you know, given the tools that exist inside of Google or using other tools like Kissmetrics, uh, you're able to really get a sense for, you know, the value of those campaigns beyond just what shows up in, in uh, Google AdWords. So, I think paid search is something that's always been a driver, but we've been a little bit smarter about how we're going about keyword segmentation and brand, non-brand uh, combinations to help us make sure we're really maximizing the dollars that are being spent there. What, again, my, my experience having seen paid search from, from way back when to now is it's good, 
and we certainly don't want to make it be just the only thing that we do. So it's constantly looking for something to augment and support that so we don't put all your eggs in that one basket. So what would be an example? So, I mean, like Brad, obviously, okay, AWeber, that would be the first bucket, right? But how about the other buckets? What would be examples of how that looks just so the audience can kind of visualize it? Yeah, so you think about what we do. We provide an email platform for businesses to connect with their audiences. So, you know, based off of using tools, Google Suggest and, and some other tools in the market, you know, we'll see what other relevant searches are happening inside of just email marketing in general. Now, email marketing obviously is a term that makes sense. However, when you think about email marketing, it could it could be tied to a whole bunch of different intent. So it's newsletter, autoresponder. These sorts, these are words that people tell us they use to search for us, but it's also going in to see, okay, what's showing up for results for these terms and making smart decisions about what messaging we put tied to those non-brand terms like autoresponder, like newsletters, like sign-up forms. So you start thinking about what we offer and that's that's a starting point when it comes to expanding your keyword set. Makes sense. So what I see, I mean, because you guys charge a lower dollar amount, and by the way, I love it. I love that you guys charge lower and then your, your customer support is there and you've added kind of the, the, just the, the bare minimum or the, the bare essentials, I should say, not minimum for what people need to have a successful campaign. But I do, like when I was at, a, I visited the traffic and conversion conference and then I saw you guys at a booth there, had, had a good time with, uh, with Brandon real quick. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, for conferences, how do you guys justify that cost? Because like, for example, if you go to like a, you know, a, a Saster conference, you're paying 30, 50 grand for a booth and then they're charging enterprise bid market contracts. Um, how do you guys, you know, make that work for you? Yeah. And it really comes down to knowing, doing, doing your research. And I think we've gone to enough conferences where we really didn't see the results that we learned from that to say, hey, before we decide to double down for a, for a booth like at Trafficking Conversion, Make sure that who's there is who we want to be talking to. And, you know, I think every brand that's there has their different value of lead scoring and making sure that they're connecting and generating new customers. But we also find those those sorts of conferences as a great way to connect with current customers. And, you know, for us, the best thing to happen is at a booth is get a current customer to basically sell a, a non-customer on our, on our tool as we're just standing there watching because they're so passionate about being a customer you know, so when you can create those environments, that's one way we've decided to expand beyond just the let me scan your badge for a lead. Oh, and you so you build it, you kind of indirectly build in word of mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whether it's pre-scheduling to say, hey, you know, when you're reconnecting with the customers, because any marketer should know exactly where their best customers are. And if they happen to be going to the same conference, well, then let's treat them to whatever it is, a free workshop, free consultation. But here they are coming by the booth to engage and talk with the team but but and it isn't like it's scheduled to say hey stand here and talk to that person it just happens it just happens when there's just a booth flow and people asking about what do we do and how do we do it and why are we different than x you know here's here's a customer standing right there that just has to chime in because you know they're they're so uh, pleased with what with the results they're getting using the tool right love it okay well how about the marketing team right now how big is the marketing team at aweber so we have 10 folks combined that are focused on uh, marketing and brand design. And when you think about the 10 folks, we're split between, uh, or I should say we're aligned with the customer journey. So there's some folks, team members that are focused on making sure that we are present and there's awareness and there's, you know, there's intent and there's conversations that we're part of and that we're creating that we're involved in communities. Then there's a team just focused on generating demand. Then we have a team that is honed in on customer success. So anyone who gets 
from a lead to a trial and trial to becoming a customer, that's all they focus on. And making sure that they are creating whatever the necessary content or education is to get them through that path. Okay. And so you've been in marketing for a while. You know a thing or two about building exceptional marketing teams. And that, I told you before we got on the call, mm-hmm. started going live, that you know a lot of people ask me about, well, you know, I need this marketing person. I need this marketing person. So it seems like you might have cracked the nut on it. What's your secret to building a great marketing team? Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know if I cracked the nut, but I've learned a lot. And that is, um, you know, when it comes to marketing, especially in the last five years, I'll call it, you know, there seems to be this this uh, secret when you find folks that are that are just kind of native problem solvers. And, you know, when you're hiring somebody at an at a entry level position, uh, do they know how to navigate a challenge, whether it's uh, you know, not specifically to marketing, but if they're good problem solvers, that's kind of a base you know, kind of a DNA thing that we look for. And chances are their ability to learn how to manage a paid search campaign uh, or do manage some of the other digital channels uh, comes fairly naturally. That for me, what I've learned is, you know, focus more on what you can train versus trying to find what could be the unicorn that knows, you know, that is an expert ninja in paid search. Uh, but the other part of that is making sure that, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the T-shaped marketer and, when you bring somebody in that gets exposed to all the channels with the, the understanding that they will become specialists in one or two of them, just set the expectation that that's the mindset for someone coming in young. Uh, that tends to yield the best results because they're always being challenged and they're always able to try something new. But uh, when, they're, when they're patterned and being driven by a mission, uh, that's where you see the, the most success. Now, I'm not saying it's all about just hiring young, hungry talent. It also plays when it comes to hiring, you know, manager level, director level is making sure that there is a there's knowledge that spans across the entire spectrum of of a journey, like knowing how to uh, impact from awareness all the way to advocacy. uh, But having some sort of uh, what I used to call having a major and a minor when it comes to taking on a role is your major focus is going to be X and you're great at that. But your minor is going to be something that you may have done before or you have interest in or something that kind of keeps you challenged. And, you know, having those conversations during the interview has been very helpful. Okay. And where do you go and then source this talent? Any, any thoughts on that? We've got a lab and we're creating them out of uh, materials and scrap parts, but uh, <laughs> I wish it were that easy. Um, it's, it's, it's challenging, but not, and I know that's a, a paradox, but um, there's a lot of various schools, you know, anyone who's looking to hire a team, my schools are a great starting point. Because what you'll realize is that there's a lot of universities that have just enough curriculum around digital marketing where they just end it when it comes to applying that. So there's a lot of hungry talent just waiting to get their hands into and onto campaigns. But meetups are another great place to find you know, talent both passively and actively because if you find the right meetup, uh, chances are someone's going there to talk or learn about a specific topic that you probably need help with. And we've had success uh, not just going to them but actually hosting them ourselves because when you're the host, you get to have a little bit more control. And you know, that's been a great way for us to kind of connect with the, not just the, the local market, but um, you know, the, the extended network of you know, the friends of friends. What I, I think local meetups are great, Jordan, having local events because you, you control it because you're also the influencer in the event too. So they, they actually kind of look up to that and you have that kind of 
I'm reading a book on negotiation right now. That's the the power of influence, right? That's one of the the pieces. Right. So yeah, I, I think that's really smart. And then for the the universities, are you just are you actively reaching out to them or reaching out to the career people to you know have the talent funnel over to you or what are you doing there? Well, I actually teach as an adjunct professor at uh, a local college or university here, Drexel University. So I have kind of a connection, but it's not the only connection. But I do teach juniors and seniors, so I have kind of a uh, one pipeline into the the those that are hungry to learn more about marketing. Uh, but really, just working the network, and our recruiting team does a great job making those connections with the the right career folks on the other side. And we've done things like offer a tour, and offering a tour, you know. Universities love that for their their students, especially if it's marketing students. And we've actually started even younger than the college. We're giving this to area high schools that have STEM programs where there's engineers and there's marketers that are really interested at 16, 17, 18. Hey, give a tour, see what it's all about. And, and chances are that they'll remember us when they when it's time for them to look for internships or full-time positions. Great. And so is there anything else that you'd like to share around team building? For me, the, the most successful teams I've been on is always rooted in trust. Uh, something I've done with my team here is, you know, read five dysfunctions of a team for any new hire. And as much as you may not understand what it means when you first read it, you know, reading is one thing, but applying is the other. And when you can start getting teams to be vulnerable and open and honest, I mean, that's where you, you, you tend to get the best results. I've been, listen, I, I, I say that because I've worked on teams that, that were not built that way. And is more kind of cutthroats. So when you build a kind of a, a team environment, you know, rooted in trust and being okay, being vulnerable, it's amazing to watch what can happen because people just drop all the ego and it's not me first. It's all about the team and the mission. And I think that's if you're starting from scratch, you know, I encourage people to kind of think about how you're going to set that that tone, that baseline rooted in trust and stick to that when it comes to bringing on new, new team members. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, it's uh, right now for our management team, at least, we're having to go through all these books and fight dysfunction of a team is one of them. And I bought these other Patrick Lincioni books, just recently added it to Audible for my flight on Saturday. But uh, yeah, he's got some really good stuff. I think he's got this entire pack, which I recommend anybody um, read the whole thing, whether you are you know, executive, uh, CEO, or even just starting out. I think it's just the perspective is really helpful. Absolutely. So... What else? I mean, in terms of habits for yourself, uh, what's one big change you made in the last year that's really impacted yourself or Aweber in a big way? So like meditation, for example. Sure. You know, one thing I realized and um, I think this this has become, you know, something I used to do a lot when I worked at agency working for for a lot of clients. But here at Aweber, my focus is very honed in on the product and just kind of making ourselves connect. It's giving myself as many opportunities to have what I call chunk thinking as opposed to fractured thinking. And the difference is chunk thinking is like, where can I carve out 25 minutes and not be distracted? And this could be, you know, just finding a room and hiding. It could be working from home until 10, 11. So I can just get chunk based thinking done um, because everyone's got tons of meetings and there's a lot of things that have to be focused on. But if I can just get three 25 segments throughout the day, that's helped me have a better balance of working on the business versus in the business. So so that's been one thing I've done, I'd say, probably in the last year and a half. Cool. That's great. Huge hack. I recommend everyone check it out. Actually, there's this one post by uh, Michael Hyatt. If you guys Google it, Michael Hyatt, uh, ideal calendar, it basically shows how he chunks his time. That's a template because I know a lot of you like templates in here. 
okay, what's one new tool that you've added in the last year that's added a lot of value? So it could be like an Evernote or it could be like a bike. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, Clearbit, which, which you may be familiar with. Yeah. So Clearbit's been something that's that's provided a nice layer of intelligence on uh, emails that are captured, and it's all based off of public information. But boy, oh boy, when you really have a better sense of you know who John Smith at Hotmail is, uh, it really does provide more opportunity for your sales team, even just for your messaging, for your your split testing, all those things. So that's been a a great tool to really get a sense for you know, kind of intel beyond the name when it comes to collecting leads. Great. Love Clearbit. And here's a one for you that, uh, well, let's, let's change it up a little bit. So what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone, but you cannot say a Patrick Lencioni book? <laughs> <laughs> okay. For me, you know, going back kind of the team thing, a book that's really helped me focus on hiring the right talent is a book called Who? And short read, but uh, it really helps you kind of frame out how to look for the right person. And what's interesting about this book is it's been been great at hiring talent, but also been great in just relationships and partnerships and anything that requires you to kind of assess individuals or people that you're selecting for a certain role or certain experience. So it's, it's again, short read who, you know, I have like a little template I use when it comes to, to hiring folks now based on that book. It's been really helpful and kind of standardizing the process but my recruiters love it because it's it's made things a whole heck of a lot easier for them when it comes to figuring out what questions to ask and who to look for when it comes to uh, building that pipeline all right well eric this has been fantastic what's the best way for people to find out more about you and also aweber so aweber.com is the site if you want to email me directly it's eric h at aweber.com eric with a k or uh, my handle on twitter is at eric harbison all right eric thanks so much for doing this Eric, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.